Likutei Sichos, Chelik Tezvav, Volume 15, the second Sicha for Parshas Bereshis. In this Sicha, there will be a very interesting discussion regarding natural phenomena, things that happen in the world, in nature, and how they affect us, us collectively as humans and specifically as Jews. Also, we'll learn to appreciate that everything, every single thing that the Chazal, our sages, discuss or mention in the Talmud, even though sometimes at first glance on the surface it doesn't seem to make sense or seems somehow to contradict, quote, the realities that we know or we're aware of, but yet when we take a deeper look and get a better understanding, a better appreciation of what they really mean to say, we see how it all makes sense. So the... The discussion is based on the Rashi, on the verse 14, Pasekudalit, in chapter 1, right in the beginning of the Parsha, where it describes what Hashem created on the fourth day of creation. So it says over there, Vayom Elikim Hashem said, Let there be lights or luminaries in the heavens. And the verse continues to describe their purpose, that they're going to be there to divide, to make a separation between day and night. And then it continues and it says, And they shall be, they shall serve as signs. And then it says, And to set times, and so on. So Rashi quotes the words, quote, And they shall be for signs. And he brings, he quotes the sages from Tractate Sukkah, from the Talmud, which over there it says, Quote, When there is an eclipse of the luminaries, Simon Ra It's a bad sign, it's a bad omen for the world. And he says, because it says there's a verse that says, that in the Torah saying to the Jews, Hashem says to the Jewish people, do not fear, do not dismay from the signs of heaven. And that verse concludes and it says, Ki hagoyim mehema. Rather only that the goyim, all the other nations of the world, they shall fear, they shall, you know, become worried about these signs. And Rashi concludes and he says, again quoting the Talmud, When you do Hashem's will, you have no need to worry from any of these calamities. And then the Gemara, the Talmud over there, continues on and details the different types of eclipses. And it says, quote, that the eclipse of the sun occurs because, or it says bishvil. Bishvil could mean for, or in order, or because, which it can have many meanings, but we'll see later. But the way it's understood at first glance, it seems to be saying that the eclipse of the sun occurs because of these things, these four things, and it describes four different types of bad behaviors that seem to bring it about. And then it says, because of four things, or four, four things, there is an eclipse of the illuminaries, which is a direct reference to the moon, that it, it occurs because of these four things. And again, it describes the four things, the four bad behaviors, the four bad misdeeds, which seem to bring it on. So, of course, the famous question, the obvious question, we all know, and especially today it's a fact, 
any child knows, that the eclipse of whether the sun or the moon is something that could be well predicted in advance. It's something that's calculated, something that happens. It's a natural occurrence. So how can we make this argument? How can we even say such a thing that it comes about because of certain bad actions, because of certain bad misdeeds, which seems to imply that it's our deeds, it's our actions that bring it about, that bring it on. In fact, says the Rebbe, there are some people over time, over the generations, that have used this particular argument, this particular question, as a reason, as an excuse to show, to express how the things that the sages said are not true, God forbid, are wrong, are unfounded. And this they use as an excuse for why they chose to stray away from Judaism. Now the Rebbe says the truth is, make no mistake, when a person strays from Judaism, when a person makes the choice not to follow the tradition, that is not a intellectual choice. That is not a logical choice. The intellectual arguments that they give, such as this, are typically those which they are using to calm their own guilt or as just as a, an excuse to justify their behavior, their lack of adherence to Jewish tradition, to Jewish culture. But this is not really a valid argument. And here the Rebbe makes the argument. Everybody knows, and we all agree, that, and if you look in the Talmud, it's very clear and it's very obvious and it's very well recorded, that the sages of the Talmud collaborated and had lengthy discussions and debates with their counterparts, meaning the scientists and the philosophers of their time. The truth is that in the first place, all these calculations, when we talk about, um, you know, calculating calendars and astronomy and all of that, really that all comes from the Torah. In fact, according to Maimonides, according to the way the Rebbe, you know, well documents it, the origin of all of this, it actually comes from the Torah. It's not that we got it from them, they actually got it for us. But even for argument's sake, says the Rebbe, even if one should argue and say there's no proof to back that up, and therefore we must say that perhaps it's the Jewish sages who learned how to calculate the calendar and astronomy and everything else, that they learned it from their counterparts, the non-Jewish scientists, the non-Jewish uh, uh, sages, even if we should argue that. But the fact is that in that time of history, we have very well documented that the Jewish sages were in discussion and collaborated with the non-Jewish sages. And therefore... It is obvious that since there was this, this is a fact, this is a fact of nature, that if it was known at least to the non-Jewish sages, meaning the non-Jewish scientists, certainly because of their close collaboration, the Jewish, the Jewish sages certainly knew about it. So therefore, when the Chachamim, when the sages make this statement in the Talmud, it cannot be made out of, out of lack of knowledge, out of absolute ignorance of this fact. And therefore, this leads us to the need to take a closer look and really try to understand and appreciate what the sages meant. Because it cannot mean what it seems to be saying at first glance, because that's totally ridiculous. Because certainly the sages were aware 
either by their own knowledge coming from the Torah, or at least by having learned about it and heard about it from their counterparts, from the other scientists and the other philosophers of their time. So the Rebbe says that there are those who try to propose the following answer. That perhaps what it means is, of course, these are natural phenomena that occur at certain given times that is beyond anyone's control. However, perhaps what the, what the Talmud is telling us is that if we see it, when we experience it, that is a sign for us that there's something wrong with our action. In other words, the fact that we see it, that is, quote, the result that is triggered by our misdeeds, whatever those misdeeds are, as spelled out in the Talmud. That's what some try to suggest. But the Rebbe negates this approach. The Rebbe negates this answer. He says it's a non-answer. And the reason for it is because he says that's not, that's not, that's not at all what the Talmud says. Look at the Talmud. Look at the words. Look at the verbiage. It doesn't say anything about seeing it. It says something about only about it occurring. It says the occurrence of this. When this happens, this is what it means. When this happens, these are the things that happens because of, or as we'll soon see, it happens for these things, or it triggers these things, as we'll see soon in the Rebbe's explanation. And another argument is, if that's the case, then why is it that the Talmud makes a whole difference between the eclipse of the sun and the eclipse of the moon? And it says certain things that the eclipse of the sun, things that happen that seem to directly affect the general world population, meaning general humanity, excluding Jews. And when it comes to the eclipse of the moon, the Talmud seems to have the focus directly on the Jewish population of humanity, which actually would make sense because we know that in general, the Jewish people are associated with the moon. In fact, it says elsewhere in the Talmud, it says that Yisrael doimim l'nevana, the Jewish people are characteristically similar to the moon, and that is really the reason why Hashem established that our calendar should be a lunar calendar, why we count according to the moon, because it's so characteristically like us, we are like the moon. So you see that this breakdown between the moon and the sun is very consistent with it. If it's only about seeing it, then what's the difference what you see, which which eclipse you see, if it's the sun or the moon? If the whole idea is seeing it is what should trigger in us an awareness, a realization that, hey, I did something wrong. Hey, I'm in the bad, and therefore I need to correct it. Then what difference is if it's the sun or the moon? Why would that have an inherent connection, the sun uh, eclipse more to the nations of the world and the moon eclipse more to the Jewish people. And therefore the Rebbe negates this approach and we're back to the question, what is it that the Talmud is really saying? What is going on over here if this is all a natural phenomena that occurs and again could be pre pre, uh, calculated and predicted in advance and then what connection does that have to our actions? So the Rebbe says, that the real meaning of it is as follows. When there is an eclipse, whether of the moon or the sun, that is a time, that is an indicator that that time is susceptible to certain negative occurrences. In other words, it's not saying that it's a result of negative occurrences. Remember I said, bishvil doesn't mean because of, it could also mean for 
or in order. This is something, it brings on something. It makes something in the ear. It's almost like, if I would use the word, it's almost like a, there's like a, there's like a, 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 a bad cloud. There's like a, a, a sense in the ear that makes something, makes, you know, pure people or perhaps becomes, makes the people more predisposed or more leaning towards behaving in a bad manner, doing certain types of bad things. And that's why the Gemara says, that's why the Talmud says, that if, quote, you follow and you do Hashem's will, then you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. Of course, the question remains, if that's the case, then why is it that the verse that we quoted originally, initially, in the context of Rashi, remember I said that the verse concludes with the words, quote, but the nations of the world should fear them. In other words, why the differentiation between the Jews and the non-Jews? It would seem that if you say that, quote, you do what Hashem wants, you have nothing to fear, then nobody should have anything to fear. In other words, why is it that Jews have nothing to fear, but this at the same time, we're saying in the same very same verse that the nations of the world, meaning the Gentile population, does have what to fear. Why, why the difference? Why the differentiation? And the Rebbe says the answer is as follows. When certain things happen, when certain things take place, it's like, like I said before, there's like something in the air that causes a leaning, that causes almost like a little more of a predisposition towards certain types of behaviors. But here is the point. But it's not, God forbid that it forces anyone, that it compels anyone to actually act on those bad behaviors. Okay, for example, I'll use an example that's also discussed elsewhere in the Talmud. The Talmud, in another tractate, enumerates, it goes through all the days of the week, and it says, quote, somebody who's born on this day will be such and such. Somebody who's born on this day of the week will tend to be, quote, somebody who spills blood. Does that mean that somebody can come in a court of law after, God forbid, committing homicide and argue and say, look, I was born on Thursday. What can I do? I can't help myself. Look, look, even the Talmud says that I'm going to be a killer. Of course, that's not what it means. It just means that the person may have certain tendencies more so than somebody who was born on another day of the week to become to be more leaning towards that type of behavior, which, by the way, just just for information's sake. It's important to know that, and the Rebbe explains this elsewhere, that that is really telling us that the person has those, he has certain qualities, he has certain characteristic tendencies, but it doesn't mean that it has to be used for the negative. On the contrary, it could be used for the utmost positive. Think of somebody who has, let's say, this tendency of, quote, spilling blood. Does that mean that he has to be a, a murderer? God forbid, he can be a surgeon. He can be a moyo who circumcises little babies and helps their soul come into the body. He could be a dentist. He could be a butcher. He can be a ritual slaughterer. He can be so many things that bring positive results to humanity, positive qualities to the world. It doesn't mean that he's predisposed or moreover compelled to do any negative thing. Likewise, Maimonides in describing various characteristics of people, Maimonides says, quote, Rambam, it's impossible to say that a person is born good or bad, that a person is born as a Baal meaning a person of great character, and that one other is born as a person of very poor character. He says, 
it is true that some people are born with a greater disposition for good character, while others are born with what seems to be more of a leaning, a tendency towards uh, perhaps more negative character, perhaps more negative character, uh, um, uh, character traits. But of course, that doesn't mean explains the Rebbe, like we see clearly in the Rambam, that the person is born good or bad. Rather, what it means is the person who's born with a greater disposition for good character means that for them will be easier to be a good quality person. Whereas the other person, the person who's born with somewhat of a leaning, uh, uh, more of a leaning towards negative character, that person certainly should and also obviously could be a good person, could be a person of great character. It's just that they have to put in a little more effort. They'll have to work on it. For whatever reason, Hashem chose them to be the ones to have to put in the extra effort, go the extra mile. It doesn't come as easy as it would for somebody who was born with a disposition for a very positive character. And this is the explanation over here, that when there is an eclipse, whenever there is eclipse of the sun or the moon or what have you, quote, it's a bad sign for the world. As we said before, it's a bad omen for the world. What does that mean? That that's when there awakens within people a certain type of, of, of tendency, a certain type of feeling, a certain type of, quote, call it a nature, a leaning to negative things. But of course, the person has to overcome it. The person, and especially that's now we can understand why the Talmud is even sharing this with us. Because the Talmud is telling us, beware. When these things happen, you have to be more vigilant. You have to be more on guard and look out for these type of bad characters, traits. Look at look out in yourself and be aware that this, whatever is in the air at that time, as a result of the eclipse, could bring on the bad behavior as described in the Talmud, and therefore, one has to be extra vigilant, extra diligent in order to overcome it. And that's what we now understand, that the word in the, in the Talmud, when it says bishvil, doesn't mean because of, but it means for these things. In other words, when these things happen, the Talmud's telling us, be aware that it's happening for these things. It brings on these things. These things are now in the air, and they could become a negative trigger for any given person, and therefore by being aware of it, you're going to overcome it. And now we can understand why it seems to be so unfair, and it seems to be a little discriminatory, if I may, where, this, where the verse says that the Jewish people have nothing to fear, whereas the, the nations of the world have to fear. And this is consistent with what I said before, quoted from the Rambam from Maimonides. What it's really saying is as follows. Look, the Jewish people in general stand above nature. They're not governed absolutely by nature. We see this in many different things in many different ways. And therefore, the Jewish people have less to fear when there is an eclipse because they are less prone to succumb to the effects, to the negative effects of the eclipse. Whereas the nations of the world, it doesn't say that they're doomed. It says they have to fear it. In other words, they have to be aware of it and take more caution and take more and 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 and, and employ more measures in order 
to guard themselves from slipping into bad behavior, specifically those bad behaviors as described in the Talmud at those given times when there is an eclipse.